This is a special Sound and Vision podcast from KEXP in Seattle. I'm Emily Fox. Today we're going to talk about how the coronavirus is impacting musicians and venues in Seattle. On Wednesday, Washington State Governor Jay Inslee announced a prohibition on events of more than 250 people in three counties that include and surround Seattle. Additionally, it was announced that King County's public health officer will be signing an order that prohibits gatherings smaller than 250 people unless people follow this criteria. Here's King County Public Health Officer Jeff Duchin. For gatherings under 250 attendees, we will um, require that older adults and individuals with underlying medical conditions that may increase their risk of serious COVID-19 be encouraged not to actively be encouraged not to attend. That would include employees as well. That social distancing recommendations will be wet. And um, an example of that is to limit uh, the close contact of people within six feet, but depending on the specific situation, we can work with the group and try and find something that makes sense based on the specific um, uh, type of gathering that's being planned. We want employees to be screened for coronavirus symptoms each day and excluded if symptomatic. For organized events, we want to make sure that proper hand hygiene and sanitation are readily available to all attendees and employees, and that the organization and the sponsor is um, following the environmental cleaning guidelines from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That was King County Public Health Officer Jeff Duchin speaking at Wednesday's press conference around the coronavirus. So what does this all mean for music venues? So I caught up with Tia Matthews on Thursday morning. She owns the Royal Room Music Venue in Columbia City. She used to own the OK Hotel in Pioneer Square. But the OK Hotel had to shut down following the 2001 Nisqually earthquake. It damaged the structure. So she's familiar with disasters impacting business. She says while her venue has a capacity of less than 250 people, the Royal Room will be closed through at least the rest of March. Yeah, we were going to try and stay open through the weekend, but this morning we were like, no, we can't do that. So we just, we close on our doors. How do you think this is ultimately going to impact your business? It's going to be bad. I mean, you know, it was all, you know, the whole like venue, music industry, restaurant and bar industry is suffering anyway. And um, so it's going to be hard. I mean, we are definitely going to have to take out a loan and hopefully we can get a loan because I'm not a hundred percent convinced that it's that easy to do. Are you aware that, that my husband used to have the okay hotel and it shut down on the earthquake? Oh, during an earthquake. Yeah. And that in the okay hotel was like kind of the, the place, you know, for grunge, the grunge scene together. Yeah. yeah. So we lived through that as well. And so we've city preparedness. It seems like the city is better prepared. Last time we didn't get anything, not a dime, just like out the door and see ya. But yeah, it's going to definitely impact our business. And, um, and I think that there's going to be other businesses that probably will never open their doors again. But I mean, like looking back, as you had mentioned, you know, the fact that you, you know, were in charge of OK Hotel, there's an earthquake that hit and you had to shut your doors. I mean, can you talk a little bit more about how that happened? And like, you know, were businesses having to shut their doors after that earthquake? There were very few businesses that were impacted by that. There was one other club that closed. Um, it was a weird earthquake in that there was just 
only a couple places that really suffered, but we were definitely one of them because we were in an old building in Pioneer Square. There was another club that closed in Pioneer Square. And, um, yeah, they just weren't, you know, at the time, you know, FEMA would step in, but FEMA doesn't give money unless you own a building. Well, nobody owns their building, you know. Everybody's got a landlord. And, um, and there were, like, low-interest rate SBA loans if you qualify, but you know, what are you going to, what are you going to do with that? I mean, for us, we couldn't never open our doors again. So it's not like we just had to go do some work and, you know, fix things up and recover. But I would say that today that is probably not the case. I'm getting the definite feeling that the Seattle, that the city is and the state are, are really trying to help people out, which is important because our biggest worry right now was, I mean, we will probably, the Royal Room will probably reopen and take it alone and, and life will move on, but we don't know what's going to happen with our employees. And that's really what we're worried about because our employees, they they don't have a big savings. Not everybody has family in town they can call upon, you know, just the service industry in general, like they are going to be suffering hard through this. So I'm hoping that whatever the city can do, they do for those people, because a lot of times, you know, unemployment might not cover tips or it takes a month to kick in. And really, these we're talking like tip earners, you know, what what are they going to live on in the meantime? And, and those are those are truly the people that are on my mind right now, because I literally texted everybody this morning and said, I'm so sorry, we're going to try and stay open a little bit longer but we just don't feel that we can do that. Because I think when when we touched base yesterday, you had mentioned that you were about to go into a meeting and basically tell all your employees that they had to file for unemployment. We did advise everybody to file for unemployment immediately just because who knows what's going to happen and who knows how long that's going to take to go through. And shutting your doors, you know, for the rest of March, what do you think this also means for, for artists that were coming in and planning to perform the Royal Room? Well, some artists were already canceling. Like, we just had a, a rough week, and we had, like, a lot of them have canceled already. I don't think any of them are going to be surprised to hear from us that, that we're closing our doors because um, pretty much everybody else is doing the same thing. But, yes, it's going to have a huge impact. I mean, there's, you know, believe it or not, there's a lot of Seattle musicians that actually make a good portion of their living, if not all their living, playing music. And that is, that is not, that's not going to be available to them for who knows how long right now. What was your initial reaction when you heard the news about, you know, this prohibition on, on events of, you know, 250 people or more? What was your initial reaction when you heard that from the governor this week? Well, my initial reaction was like, wow, it's a good time to own a small club. <laughs> but then also the reality of of trying to, you know, then we were just thinking about, okay, well, well, maybe we could make this work for a little bit and we'll just, everybody will purel their hands when they walk in the door. We'll take out half the bar stools and tables and chairs so that people distance themselves. And then the more we thought about it, I mean, you're just sort of in shock when this happens and, and you just sort of want to try and make do and take care of your people. 
but then the more you think about it, the more you go, this is, a, this is a nightclub, you know? People don't just, like, stand six feet away from each other and have a conversation. So it's just really not going to fly. <laughs> yeah. And what is your capacity of the Royal Room? Is it 250 or more, or is it 250 and less? It's less. And so, yeah, because that was... closer to 150. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the other question is it's like, you know, they made the announcement of, okay, 250 people or more, no, but, you know, even if it's less than 250, you have to do all these other precautions, like making sure people are six feet away, making sure you screen all of your employees for symptoms for coronavirus and making sure everything is completely sanitized to CDC code. And I'm just thinking, yeah, like for nightclubs, how do you even keep up with that? It seems like even if you are under you know, 250 capacity that you also have to, you know, shut down for the rest of the month. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we were yesterday, we were willing to give it a go and we have been, you know, we already have like hand sanitizer at every station. We've already talked to our janitor and staff about like, you know, washing down handrails and doorknobs with bleach water. So we've been, you know, what few days we're open during the during this outbreak, we've been really trying to do all this anyway. I mean, you can do your best to screen people, and we can certainly screen our employees, but but every person walking in the door, I, and we were actually going to go through this weekend and have a door person for screening purposes. <laughs> we were really going to give it a go. We're just like, I'm so worried about our employees right now. <sighs> That was Tia Matthews of the Royal Room, who's shutting down operation for at least the rest of the month, even though she's under that 250 capacity mandate from the state. Meanwhile, there's another venue in the city that has a capacity of more than 250 people that is still trying to stay open and make things work. It's the Crocodile. I caught up with the venue's owner, Adam Wakeling, Thursday morning to see how things were going. So first off, I mean, what was your initial reaction to yesterday's announcement? Well, the the initial announcement, you know, was the 250 and above plus the fact that there were restrictions on below 250. You know, first reaction is, oh, my God, we're done. We're closed. You know, we can't go forward um, because some of the requirements for the below 250 are challenging. Actually, it's only really one requirement that's challenging, and that's the personal space requirement. How do you do a live music event and tell people to stand, you know, arm arm's length away. It seems it seems almost impossible. Then, so I mean, then we're like, okay, let's let's think this out. See what we can do. What can we do to make something work? Um, we decided to keep the back bar open for now, um, which is just the bar restaurant area, and taking all the precautions, you know, cleaning and removing some of the bar stools to make the space bigger. I mean, really, it's you can you can make these recommendations to people, but if they're sitting next to their friend what are you going to do? How do you enforce that? So the next thing that happened yesterday was I went to a meeting with King County representative of, and venue owners, operators, and some bar people as well. Um, and some more specific guidelines were given some more information. We were allowed to ask questions and it was, it was fairly challenging because a lot of people have that same reaction of what are we going to do? Because this is, impossible to run a business this way. You're asking us to self-regulate this type of scenario. Does that mean that you're really afraid and that you want to keep 
people separated? If so, why are you not just making a full mandate and why are you putting this responsibility on us? I mean, that was definitely a couple people had that question and it's a, it's a totally legitimate question. You know, if that fear is there, why put these things in place and make us be the ones to enforce that? You know, are we there? Are we not there? Wouldn't it just be easier just to shut down for the next two weeks and go for a full on we're done and then, you know, try to open up. I mean, it seems like that's what happened in China and that it has been effective, but no, what do you, what do you answer to that? Some people have the other, other idea of like, Hey, I would love to be able to stay open and keep my employees working for as long as I can with them, at least, you know, a minimal amount of hours to supplement any sort of um, resources they can get from unemployment or paid sick leave or lack of work stuff. Um, obviously there were a lot of questions about those resources, what's, what's being made available. Part-time workers don't always qualify for unemployment because they work in multiple places. And one of the requirements is a certain amount of hours for one employer. So the answers were, we're working on that. Um, there are emergency funds trying to be acquired to help with these systems. It was a good meeting because we were able to have um, somebody that we all know and trust there talking to us about it and um, from, from King County. And also we were able to ask these questions, not all the answers for what we wanted to hear. Some people are, some people are just going to close. It just makes more sense to just reduce their overhead as much as possible and hope for the best that it's going to be short. That's a scary thing because it doesn't seem like it's going to be two weeks. It's it's going to be a month. It's going to be two months. Who knows? It's impossible to um, answer that question at this point. And then for for the crocodile, um, what is this? What? How are you going to be moving ahead with this? And what? So what is your capacity again? Our capacity is we sell the four seventy five. We do comps and guests on top of that up to five fifty in the showroom. Um, the back bar is less than that. It's about seventy five. And so, um, so you, you do, yeah, you are a, a more than 250 capacity venue. So what does this mean for you? How will you be moving forward? Well, this week, this is what we're going to do. Um, we have a back bar show tonight that we're going to continue on with. I mean, obviously we, we talk to everybody and say, Hey, we'd like to try this out. If we can follow the guy, the, uh, the recommendation guidelines to do a smaller show, see if we can actually keep people within their personal space requirements. Um, all the other uh, cleanliness and hand sanitizer stuff has already been in place. So um, this is the this is the this is what we're going to try to do. Um, so we have a back bar show tonight, and then tomorrow night we have a showroom show with a local band. Um, and we don't expect more than you know 100, 150 people maximum. Um, obviously, we're not going to. We, we've already capped anything that has a possibility of moving forward at about 200 just to keep the space uh, requirements a possibility. And so we're going to try the Friday night thing in the showroom with 100, 150 people. Who knows? Maybe it's 50 people. It's, are people going to go out? We don't know. That's our immediate plan is to see if we can make this work. It's a, it's a really difficult decision. You know, I'm, I'm like, we're we making the right decision. We're following the guidelines. We want to keep our employees um, with jobs because most of them already lost their work for the rest of the month at all the other places they work. So if we can provide a little bit of financial support that way, that would be awesome for everybody. 
And if we can figure out a way to make this personal space guideline work, you know, we talked about putting a grid down on the floor and say, hey, this is a one person per per <laughs> grid area, you know, just throwing around ideas to try to make it work. Yes, we do. We want to, we want to, you know, keep the social aspect of life alive and help our employees, but it's all just trying to do the right thing at this point. Yeah. I got a call from Kevin Sir um, of Artist Home who puts on festivals like Timber and Dove Fest um, after the news was announced on Wednesday. And he said, you know, I just got off the phone with a lot of venues in town. And he's like, I heard a lot of people crying on the other end of the line. And we're talking about, you know, smaller venues, you know, that are like a hundred or less just saying like, I'm still going month to month, you know, like I don't know how I can be able to take this much time off, you know, even though we are less than 250 capacity, like people aren't going to be coming. We have all these other requirements that we don't think we can meet because our space is really small. And so I'm just curious, like one, how do you think the crocodile will fare from all this? And then two, what is your sense of how other music venues in the city are going to fare after, you know, this prohibition on, on certain events? Well, you're correct in the sense that the small venues are going to be the ones that it's, it's most challenging for, you know, in my opinion, um, you know, say, you have a space that's a hundred people and it's a really small space. If you're going to go by the recommended space guidelines, you're going to be able to put, <laughs> uh, you know, depending on what the space is, you know, anywhere from 30 to maybe 50 people inside that space. And are you going to be able to keep that, that space where it needs to be? Um, we're talking about the financial stuff. It's, it's a different scenario on, on every side of things. You know, um, if that venue just survives off of events, man, that's, that's really, 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 really tough. And it was also Um, a question of like, if we lose these smaller venues, you know, like these are the, these are the venues where we build up local artists, you know, these smaller venues that then go on to play at something like say the crocodile, you know? So what happens if we do lose these smaller venues? That's a good question. I mean, we're, you know, hopefully there's, there are people, there's some people that can shut down if they have to, and they can, they can reopen again if they've got enough money to keep their, and not necessarily just enough money. If the resources come in, um, the funding comes in for, you know, rent relief, tax relief, um, (laughs) unemployment, all the things, um, you know, property tax is a huge one there. Um, All the things that go along with running a business and, you know, that was definitely another big question that we had about doing this. It's like, hey, you're putting the burden of responsibility on us to try to make this work. We need some support from you. We need to be told that if we're trying this, and then again, in three weeks' time, if you decide to go full on, let's shut it down, we've used up all the resources trying to, to make it work. As far as losing those places, you know, we've kind of just had a, a nice revival of the smaller places. Downtown Yacht Club, uh, Clock Out Lounge. Um, there's, you know, plenty more out there that have just started to revive our local music scene because it's been challenging for us, even at this mid-range, to get local support on shows because of touring acts and the way that they, you know, like to do their tours now. Um, so, yeah, that's a great loss. Um, if it was to happen, we're hoping that we're going to get support from the city, state, uh, county governments to, you know, keep that from happening. 
So it sounds like you're you're you know amid all of this chaos, you know, you're fairly hopeful that you know that the music industry will still survive here in Seattle despite you know people having to it's close. It's going to survive, yeah. I mean, no matter what happens, it's going to survive. You know, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be losses. People, people might, you know, how are you going to pay your rent April first if you don't have any money? You know, are those resources going to come for? musicians and service workers. I hope so. You know, obviously people are going to cancel. Artists are going to go, Hey, we're just going to bypass Seattle. We'll postpone. We will cancel. Um, the larger, the larger companies have already canceled all their events for the rest of the month. Um, I'm pretty positive that AG has done that, or they're about to do that. Um, larger venues are definitely, you know, but they've got the deeper pockets as well. Yeah. You know, Showbox is AG. AG is the second largest uh, uh, promoter in the world. They have funds that, that can help them weather the storm. That was Adam Wakeling of The Crocodile here on KEXP's Sound and Vision. So we just heard how venues and employees are being impacted by the coronavirus. But what about musicians? A GoFundMe campaign launched this week titled Seattle Artist Relief Fund Amid COVID-19. It was started by KEXP DJ Gabriel Teodros and his partner, local writer Ijeoma Oluo. Within 24 hours of the campaign launch, Oluo said she saw $25,000 in donations and 50 applications from artists looking for support. I asked Oluo what inspired this fund. Well, you know, I was talking with my partner, uh, Gabriel Teodros, and he was just talking about a friend of his who had had a lot of his gigs canceled. And I had just been mentioning how every speaking engagement I had for the month was canceled. And as we were talking about what it means for artists, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position right now where I have my savings. I'm not hurting financially, even with these cancellations. But I definitely remember gig life and what it was like, you know, to lose a huge source of income you were counting on to pay your bills. And so we were talking about this and just said, man, this is going to hit hard. It's going to hit a lot of her community hard. And I had had some success in the past with little spot fundraisers around, you know, issues that have hit Seattle last time we had that big snow last year, you know, and I know how hard the Seattle community comes out for artists. And I just said, you know, I wonder if we could do this for Seattle artists and really help try to make up some of that money that people are missing and really depending, you know, to pay their bills. You've gotten some applications in or people have filled out the survey so far. I mean, what are kind of the the common stories or threads that you're seeing so far? I mean, how have people shared how they're losing out, you know, with this coronavirus threat? It's varied and it's everywhere. So pretty much the entire arts industry has really been impacted. If you had a show or a concert, chances are it was canceled. Uh, instructors, if you taught arts, if you taught dance, if you taught painting, chances are your classes have been canceled. The Comic-Con cancellation, there are a lot of artists who had booths who were selling things that they've made. And all their investment in that is kind of gone for now until you know, at least, you know, late summer. And then we're just seeing, you know, conferences and people who were performing at conferences, their gigs are being canceled as well. And very few people are given any sort of compensation. But what I'm also seeing is how people are just asking for the minimum. You know, people are saying, hey, I've lost this gig, this gig, and this gig. But really what I need is 75 bucks for food. 
you know, and people are really trying to be aware of the fact that this money has to go to a lot of people. And it's kind of, it's touching and heartbreaking, you know, to watch people saying, yeah, you know, I lost all of this money, but I just need to know I have gas and I can, you know, feed my kids for the week. And it's amazing to be able to fill that need. People are wonderful, even in need right now. They're still thinking of others in how they are applying for funds. Wow. Yeah. When you first heard of just the coronavirus and the threat hitting Seattle, like what were your thoughts and what was your personal reaction to this and how it could impact the community? You know, I really thought, you know, first and foremost, I I make most of my money through public speaking. And I was thinking of all the hands I shake and all of the groups. And I was like, am I a part of, and I think a lot of artists have been thinking this too, am I a part of a risk? Me showing up at this place and therefore encouraging people to show up, am I part of why this spreads? And that ethical dilemma that a lot of people have had. For me, you know, as a single mother, first and foremost, once I realized my kids were likely safe because so far children have really been spared, And once I kind of made peace with the fact that, you know what, my work probably for the next month and a half, two months is canceled, then it was, okay, so what can I do to help people who can't weather that so easily? That was Ijeoma Aluo talking about her GoFundMe campaign called Seattle Artists Relief Fund amid COVID-19. Meanwhile, as Seattle takes steps to prevent the spread of coronavirus, Italy has been hit with it over the past four weeks. Within a four-week span, more than 820 people have died. On Wednesday, I spoke with two Italian musicians on how this pandemic has impacted them, Italy, and its music scene. Ironically, the day we talked, musicians were supposed to catch a direct flight to Seattle, but that flight had been canceled because of Italy's lockdown. Hello, I'm Andrea Volpato from Venice, Italy. Uh, I play in a band called New Candies. I'm Jancy Buffington. I'm uh, from Seattle, but I'm currently living in Venice, Italy. I'm also a musician with my own solo project. You know, here in Seattle, we've been so like inundated with coronavirus stuff because we were kind of the first ones to get hit uh, here in the U.S. And, you know, we've seen, you know, as we're recording right now, Wednesday morning, we've seen, I think, 23 deaths so far. You know, meanwhile, Italy didn't get hit with coronavirus until about four weeks ago. And since then, You know, again, as we're recording Wednesday morning, you know, Italy has now seen more than 630 deaths. So this hit really fast and really hard. Overall, how have you seen the coronavirus impact Italy? From my perspective, since I've only been here almost a year, I've only seen I've seen heavy tourism where I'm at right now in Venice during almost every month. Uh, It's nonstop. And now it's a ghost town. It's really a ghost town. So it's a little bit it's a little bit spooky right now here in Italy from my end. And you guys are in lockdown right now, correct? Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is what has the federal government said so far? Like what what do you what is your life currently like at the moment? So, yeah, actually, we were recording two albums, the New Candies album and Genesis album in my studio, which is in my house. So we are pretty much fine because anyway, I had to stay locked up in my studio all day long. Yep. So it didn't change a lot apart from our trip scheduled for today, uh, direct to Seattle. 
So that was a big change for us yeah, because the, we planned this like seven months ago and yeah. And the, the part that's really confusing is there's a lot of legal changes that seem to not, the airlines can't catch up with the legal changes when it comes to the quarantine. So we were told last minute before this flight when we've tried to contact the airport are we allowed to get on the plane since we're not allowed to leave Venice? I mean, we are not allowed to leave this this city, basically, without a very big reason, like an emergency situation health-wise or work-wise. And our trip was just to go for us to go back home to visit my family and friends. And, yeah, we found out we couldn't, we couldn't get on the flight. So then we tried to contact the airline, and they're not – helping us. They want us to pay for all of the change fees. And the government says, no, they, they have to refund you. It's just a, a separation and dialogue. So besides the economic impact that is evident by all the, the shutdown in the country, also I can see individual people being impacted uh, economically by losing plane tickets and stuff like that. When you think about your friends in Italy's music scene, the larger music scene, did you see a lot of venues have to shut down, a lot of tours have to stop their stops in, you know, in Italy? How overall within, you know, the broader circle of, of you know, folks that you know in the music scene, how does how it impact them or the music scene in general? I mean, everything is shut down. So they stopped all the concerts, big and small, like two weeks ago, I think. And this new law is until the 3rd of April. So it means that for another month, basically, everything is shut down. Even school, they stopped school like two weeks ago. Here in in the U.S., we we are seeing, you know, South by Southwest get canceled. There's just an announcement that Coachella is going to be postponed. And, you know, I just saw a tweet from someone that says they're probably going to lose out on like, Five to fifteen thousand dollars because of this South by Southwest cancellation, and so when when you saw you know tours get canceled by musicians or venues having to you know cancel shows, have you talked to other musicians about just how that they had to take a financial hit because of that? Yeah, I mean I know a lot of musicians, like small musicians, that they were touring in Italy and they have to cancel everything, so they lose money. But even big band like Dive, they yeah. had to play in Bologna and they had to cancel. And Milan, and, yeah, and Milan, yeah, and a lot of other bands. So this thing is affecting everyone for work, musicians, everything. You can just go to the grocery store, or if you have like an important work to do, like if you are, I don't know. Uh, you work at the hospital or at the grocery store, of course, you can go to work. But apart from that, you are locked up. We don't have a social life. Uh, it's kind of a depressing situation. And mm -hmm. yeah, we feel a little bit crazy after two weeks like that. I mean, I love to stay in my studio and record, but you need a break. You need some air. You need to see people go to concerts and right. you can't do anything. And even today that we have finally to live to Seattle, <laughs> we had to cancel, and that yeah. sucks. Yeah, it sucks, for sure. 
I mean, do you guys have any advice for those of us in Seattle? I mean, it seems like you're kind of a few weeks ahead of us in what we might be able to expect with all of this, which is kind of scary to think about. You know, what advice do you have for us over here? Yeah, I mean, the only tip that I can give to <laughs> to Seattle and America is that here, of course, we have big numbers, but it's because we have a lot of old people, so they are just dying because they are, they are old and they have other issues, so... They get also the coronavirus and they die. There are not like young people that died in Italy. Nobody. So I'm not scared about that. And even my friends are not scared. I'm guessing that, you know, when when we look at, you know, the death toll, you know, in Italy so far, you're going to get on Wednesday morning, you know, 630 deaths. You you probably don't know of anyone who has been, you know, who has died from this virus personally. Or do you know of anyone that even, you know, was you know, has the virus, but, you know, hasn't died? I personally don't. And Yeah, we don't know anybody don't that no. got the virus. So, right. yeah. That was my conversation with musicians Andrea Volpato and Jancy Buffington. Meanwhile, back in the U.S., we've been told a few things to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Don't touch your face and wash your hands for 20 seconds. 20 seconds is about the length of singing Happy Birthday twice. And this week on Twitter, I asked what other songs people are singing in their heads while they wash their hands. Here's a compilation of a few other options. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence. Shallow land, a young youth, you're rocking the go-to, low goose, only way I 
in the G-York was drug loot And let's start it like this, son Rolling with this one and that one Pulling up gats for fun Jolene, 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 Jolene I'm begging of you, please don't take my man Jolene, 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 Jolene Please don't take him just because you Those are a few other options of songs to sing to while you are washing your hands for 20 seconds. Stay safe out there and try to stay sane during this coronavirus outbreak. And thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It is still KEXP's Spring Fun Drive, so please consider a one-time $20 donation to this podcast. You can give at kexp.org sound. This is Sound and Vision. I'm Emily Fox. We'll talk more soon.